Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, the ever-earnest, ebullient, even exultant ramble where we're more ebullient than ever after earning three points at Everton. I'm joined by ACM founder Andrew Lawn. Hey, all right. And home and away fan royalty Fionn Thomas, off of When Saturday Comes. Hello. We'll look back on a game that signalled the greenest of shoots emerging in Norwich's season and preview three games in a week, including a six-pointer and home games against top eight sides, which amazingly, this far into the season, is where the Blades find themselves. We'll wrap up with the quiz and then we'll send you on your merry way into December. Firstly, a huge thank you to everyone that voted for us in the Football Supporters Federation Awards. We're chuffed to be shortlisted finalists for a second year running, uh, and we will try our humble best to pump out written and chatted content that is up to the praise you kind lot have lobbed over our fence. Let's get our attentions uh, back to Goodison in the weekend. Fionn, you wrote in your Along Come Norwich match review on Saturday, what's the German word for the feeling when you've been 1-0 up away from home after 90 minutes and five minutes has gone up on the board? So you've started the stopwatch on your phone to count down every second, but then Dennis Kobeni has danced into the area and got fouled, but curled it past Jordan Pickford anyway. Then he's on a run towards you doing the salute, by which time you're standing on your wooden seat, giving it some, trying not to fall over. Then Fark has done the wave and you've gone home well chuffed and then hours later you're looking at your phone and you find your stopwatch is still going yeah so what's the word for that admittedly quite a specific feeling if there isn't one how about Shabeni Freude now that's my favorite review uh piece or piece of piece of work so far this season take us back to Goodison how much was it celebration how much was it relief how much was it surprise when it got to the final whistle well, first of all, I'd just like to say well done for reading that out because uh, I didn't put any punctuation in it. So you've done quite <laughs> well to uh, insert your own punctuation into it. Um, yes, uh, it was good fun at Everton. I think um, before the game, uh, I was a bit worried after obviously the Watford game. Uh, but then I got I was in the ground quite early for the warm ups, which I'm not usually in the ground that early. And uh, everyone was just really getting behind the players when they came over. And it was just it was really nice, actually. Um, and that just sort of carried on through the game. Um, sort of at half time, I think everyone was cautiously optimistic because we had played pretty well. Uh, we'd missed some decent chances, the good save from Anel. Um, but, you know, we were sort of hoping Everton weren't doing much and we were hopeful we could get something. Uh, and then getting that nice early goal in the second half. And then, yeah, uh, absolute scenes when uh, Dennis Sabeni finds himself in the area curling the ball under England's goalkeeper. Um, yeah, nice a nice reward, I think, for uh, the away fans uh, who have not had a great deal to enjoy uh, all season. Um, so, yeah, a nice unexpected result and just a really good performance. It was not a smash and grab. We completely deserved it. Um, yeah, what can you say? Happy, happy with it. Apart from that, uh, Grabeni, Freud, uh, piece. I think the really nice thing about all of that is what you said about how even in the warm-up, the fans were right behind the players and then that just carried on. And I think that's what I would like this season to be like, given uh, how everyone felt after Watford, like completely resigned to the fact that we were going to get relegated. Hopefully now people will just kind of enjoy this season for what it is. And that might well be relegation, but it it definitely might not be, given the way that we played at Everton. And hopefully... If that sort of feeling of let's just go and enjoy it, let's go and get behind the team right from the warm up and carry that through the game can continue, then I think that will be really beneficial and fun. Well, picking up on what I said on the, the Love Sport feature that we sometimes do um, uh, after the Watford weekend, um, actually, 
Toddy had said uh, in his interview post-match that they, they needed to be some kind of plan B. And obviously it turned out that that was going to be Toddy playing in a slightly different role and obviously Emmy dropping to the bench. Uh, I'd be interested on, on your take, uh, Fionn, having kind of seen it all play out right in front of you. Um, how much can you see that being the, the format going forward? I mean, presumably um, you can't change that team after so many 2 nils for the away fans to watch, to finally see one go the right way. Um, presumably we're going to see the same 11 against Arsenal employed in the same way. Yeah, I think so. I don't think I see any reason to change it. Um, I, don't, I can't think of any of them who had a you know didn't have a good game really they all they all fitted right in um obviously yeah Todd had a brilliant game I thought um obviously scoring his goal and and always linking the play but his work rate and some of the tackles he put in um he really really performed well um so yeah he's he's earned his place back definitely um and then just yeah through the whole team I mean you can't underestimate how big it is to have Zimmerman back um and you could just see how much more confident the whole team looked really um with him there so you know I I think I said on the last time I was on the pod that you know can we can we sort of pin everything on Zimmerman being back because obviously you know we we've not really seen him in the premier league much cuz he got injured so early but yeah i think uh, if that's if that's how he's going to be um then i think we can be pretty confident that uh, that we'll, we'll be a lot more solid in defence from now on so yeah i'd uh, i think i'd stick with the same team against arsenal um obviously then we've got two more games that week so you know if that's going to affect sort of uh, affect the team a bit in having that much uh, workload to have to see but um, yeah certainly for Sunday I'd, I'd go with that team and, and go at them because it's a pretty good time to be playing Arsenal by the look of it yeah, How long that... is Jamal Lewis out for by the way? Does anyone know? I've not, I've not seen a timeline on it it was only that he, he, he'd he come back and uh, he'd come back with an injury um, but I mean Byram has, has has really excelled when he's when he's played this season Um Generally, so yeah. Uh, so that was it, my next. That was my question. Really, was if Jamal Lewis is fit on Sunday, do you do you I drop him? For... Well, not n- nothing that Farker has ever done at Norwich would suggest he would. I mean, he doesn't change a winning team. He didn't last season, um, and even when pl- players are playing out of position, he doesn't change it. Um, and I think you made a really good point um, uh, on a previous pod about rewarding Teddy for um, for playing out of position. Um, you know, to, to even, even when we did get people back, he, he would be the person that you'd go with in defensive midfield. And, and Amadou is now kind of going to have to wait his turn to get back in. But I think we'll probably see um, Amadou um, on the south coast. Uh, I, I just can't see Alex Tetti playing three games in a week. Um, and I, I think he, Farker will probably lump for same team with all of that momentum, all that motivation. And, and you know, if it's a kind of Newcastle-y, Man City-style Carrow Road um, atmosphere on Sunday, people write up for it after a couple of lunchtime pints, um, feeling positive again, feel-good factor being back in it. Arsenal are good not. I mean, I mean, you know, yes, yes, they're Arsenal. Yes, they've got lots of, of, of attacking talent. You, you would not fancy a trip to a, a resurgent Norwich with all the noise, knowing that they've beaten Man City there, knowing that the, if the crowd are on their back, it's a, it's a fantastic place to, or it's a daunting place to have to play. Um, Arsenal are not going to fancy this on Sunday. It's, it's not the kind of, it's not the kind of team I think you want to be playing when. It's basically lose-lose for them. If they don't win comfortably, it looks dreadful. And anything short of of a win, it looks abysmal for them. So I, I think that the Norwich fans can get right behind our team. And 
uh, yeah, I, I think Farker will go exactly the same for, for Sunday, but then Amadou and, and maybe even Emmy might quite come in for, for the Wednesday game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. <clears throat> I mean, I, change, I, I agree with you. I, I've been critical um, of, of, of Emmy's uh, uh, attitude at times this season so far. Um, whilst being willing to give him a bit of a pass that you know his frustrations are because things have not gone the way we wanted them to. Um, Fionn, he came on for the last 10, well, 15, including um, injury time. What was the attitude and work rate like, bearing in mind he was replacing Campwell, who had put in such a shift? Yeah, I mean, I've seen some people uh, criticise Emmy for um, for sort of messing about near our penalty area again. I didn't really notice that at the game, but I didn't have a great view of that end of the pitch anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, he he contributed to the the goal that sealed it. Um, and yeah, I, I think you know, we'll, I think he he maybe could do with a do with a little break on the bench and 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 maybe come on in that role and, and sort of when, when defences are getting tired and, and take them on as he did. Um, yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's had his place taken away from him for now, but, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Emmy wouldn't be one to sulk. Ho ho. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, I think he'll, he'll be used in the next few games definitely. And he'll have an impact because, you know, you look at his stats this season, you know, you can't argue that he's not, you know, contributed with the assists. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a place for him, you know, in the in this really mad, busy month we've got coming up. So this, I think this it'll is... be really interesting to see Emmy's reaction to losing his place because for, well, since he sort of started to get into the team after I think it was the Ipswich game last year, it's been a good year where if Emmy is fit, Emmy starts. So it'll be really interesting to see how he reacts to being dropped because I think this is the first time that he's been dropped Unfortunately, well, choice, yeah. Yeah. yeah, rather than having to sit out because of suspension or uh, injury. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Emmy back, but I agree that I would go with the exact same team for Arsenal because I think I think there's an argument for changing a, a winning team if the opposition dictate that you need to change the way you play slightly. But I think Everton away is a very similar challenge to Arsenal at home, so I'd be very happy to see the same eleven on Sunday. But but isn't that nice that we we actually feel you look at the bench on on Sunday fingers crossed that you know no kind of stairs related or, or fancy dress related incidents during the week and we hope that we will have you know everyone to choose from that we could on on Sunday if not maybe Lewis as well um, sorry on Saturday so th- this Sunday coming we could tighten up further by bringing Amadou on we could go um, with with giving Toddy a, a rest by um, bringing on Emmy um, we do have. You know, Steeperman is an option to do something a bit different. If we, you know, so we, we, it just feels like, again, it, like Fionn, you said, it, you know, it seems strange that so much does kind of rest on Zimbo, but it's it's mad how just one player coming back because of the the importance of where he is and where he plays and what he does for the team, just all of a sudden it's almost like even though there's only one extra fit body, it's almost like there's now three additional options to to Farker in term, in the way that he can play because he's got that additional midfielder that's available now um, in, in Amadou. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it's I was just I was, I was amazed that he played all ninety minutes. I mean, he must have been out on his feet by the end of it. 
Yeah, but he, you know he's he's well hard, isn't he? And one of my favorite one of my favorite bits on Saturday actually was when he uh, obviously all the players came over at the end of the game, and then he was he was the last one to come over before Farker did, and he was just walking up to the away end. And the noise when Zimmerman came towards the away end was just massive. Um, you know, just so good to have him back. Uh, yeah, the fact he kept going through the whole game was pretty impressive because. Um, you know, they they didn't absolutely batter us, but it was a game where we really had to sort of concentrate all the way through. Uh, and, you know, that's that's half the battle, isn't it? You know, keeping that mental concentration when he's doing that sort of leadership job. Um, you think what he's taking off Godfrey, because before you had Godfrey having to sort of marshal the whole defence. Now he's had a lot of that taken off him so he can sort of concentrate a bit more on other aspects of his game. So I think that's really helped Godfrey as well. Um, so, yeah. Let's just hope that you know he stays fit because yeah, it's it's good to have him him and Cruel at the back, proper leaders along with Godfrey as well. well um, we're, yeah. we're in the run now where uh, that, that we kind of pointed to before, um, where we had uh, Brighton, Watford, Everton, Southampton, Sheffield United, all 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 kind of quite close to each other. Now obviously the Brighton and Watford ones went the wrong way. Um, now, if we can now Arsenal are looking weaker and it can start to be thrown into that mix of okay, yeah, okay, they're in the top eight, but <clears throat> you know they they're really wobbling and and really by by all accounts um, we're very very lucky to even get get a, get a point on at the weekend. Um, so what I think what I think we really needed from from these next these next kind of three games before we then go to to to, to take on Leicester away um, is I think we have to have to try and get six six points from from these next three games, Arsenal, Southampton, Sheffield United, in order to set us up going into to Christmas and, and, and not be too far adrift. I mean, with three, three points and then four points from the, the two, three teams above us adrift at the moment. Um, what, what do you guys reckon from Arsenal, Southampton, Sheffield United, with the various different places and the different kind of um, setups that we're going to face, where do you think our biggest challenge lies and where do you think if we could get six points, they'd be most likely to come from from, from those three? I think our biggest challenge would be Sheffield United if you're going on form. Yeah, agree. But uh, I think I think the, the the big game in there for me is well, there's two really big games in there for me. One is Arsenal at home on Sunday, purely because we haven't been as good at home as perhaps we all expected to be, and we're due a big performance at home. And I think Arsenal is a real opportunity to do that and to get three points on the board. To get two wins on the bounce would be huge. Um, and then I think Southampton is a huge game as well because it's a rival in terms of being in the bottom three as well. And it's another away game. And it's one of those games where if you go to Southampton and win, it really sets you up in the way that Villa winning here really set them up for a little run of uh, points. So it's a big if, but if we beat Arsenal and then beat Southampton, then we're absolutely flying. That said, I think the the really positive thing for me to come out of the Everton game was not only the return of Zimmerman, but also the the reason I was so down after the Watford game was I felt like the injuries had destroyed our confidence. And that was the thing that was going to cost us the most because the way we played last season when we were so good going forward was really, really confident sort of carefree football. And I felt like the injuries had robbed us of that. So to see a really confident, composed performance at the weekend has given me real hope that even if we do not get six points at the next three, even if we lose all three, there's still a sense that we can do something this season because all isn't lost. We're not just folding every single week now that we're starting to get players back. And as you say, we're getting options uh, from the bench to change it. So 
I think they're three huge games, particularly the first two, and I would very much take six points. I'd be delighted with six points. I was looking at the... You mentioned about getting two wins on a bounce being being crucial. I was looking back at the most recent uh, Premier League outing we had, um, <clears throat> and we did actually get back-to-back wins twice in that season. Although it, it just feels like such a such a waste of time being up that year. We started a lot better with you know four wins before the end of September, um, and then we went on on a couple of very long bleak streaks. Um, but but we did have back-to-back wins: Villa and Southampton um, just after Christmas, and then we did have back-to-back wins in in March and, and early April: West Brom and Newcastle. Um, so they didn't exactly spring us on to to any good form. You know, and that happened before. But I, I agree with you that this team is very different to that one in that the identity is so much about momentum. I mean, we I feel like our our greatest squad member, our greatest asset in in last season was was momentum. Like, you know, it was we were an unstoppable kind of wave that was just rolling and rolling and rolling and we just never we were never stopping. And the reason we'd keep going until the ninety-fourth minute is because that was when we kept scoring. So I just believe that belief is such a massive part of this team. Um that that I agree if, if we if we were able to to pick up something against Arsenal, I can't see us getting anything less than a draw against Southampton because that's going to be a battle, battle, big in style performance. And we, we've shown time and time again we're capable of that. Um, and you just hope that, with the like, like Fionn said, with, with Zimmerman there mopping up and, and directing traffic the way he does in, you know, probably, I think, a better, better than Godfrey's able to at the moment, um, you feel that if Emmy is going to give the ball away or Leitner does give the ball away, then... Then, then, well, put it this way: I don't think we concede five um, against Villa if, if Zimmerman is on the pitch, um, simply because I don't think there's many mistakes are going to turn into goals like they have done earlier in the season. I don't think the mistakes are going to stop because of the way we play and because of the ability we've got versus who we're against. But I just think that those turnovers don't hurt us as much while Zimmerman is, is saying, "No, Max, he don't run away over there." And yes, Godfrey, you need to come and stand here, etc. And also, um, as we've said on previous podcasts, the presence of Zimmerman, and as you sort of alluded to earlier, the presence of Zimmerman allows one of those defensive meal midfielders to play defensive midfield so even if we are losing the ball higher up the pitch we've got one additional screen between them winning the ball and being in on goal so I think it makes a huge difference to have Zimmerman back partly because it's Zimmerman but partly because it is a central defender yeah the the looking at what we've done so far this season um the the first goal has been so important um and, and and I feel that it this this season sorry this season at home in particular it's almost like we we need to just prove maybe for the next few games at least uh, you know whilst we whilst we're in the bottom three at least we need to, we need to prove it to the fans that it is worth sticking with this team and it might not have to be a goal early it might be uh, Zimmerman saving something on the line with his face or you know like uh, I mentioned before you know Krull's fantastic penalty save the, the place was rocking just like Man City and then obviously that awful piece of defending to then let Rashford go through on his own and score that, that just sucked everything out and had that not have happened and that that the, 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 the momentum of the crowd could have been kept going a bit longer it's almost like the, the players need to not throw it away long enough for that kind of build up to continue and to, to get to kind of fever pitch because we've been, we've had enough consecutive minutes of being positive in a row. If if that makes sense, I, I do feel that I do feel that whilst I was, I, you know, when we went round the circle um, on the last pod, I'm not, I wasn't ready to to say we're definitely down um, just because of, 
because there are enough poor teams in the league, and, and, I, and I do believe in, in this group of, of players and personnel to, to get just enough to, to stay up. But this is the crucial run. And whilst I, I do honestly think we can get six points for the next three games, um, I really do. Um, it, it, it could flip the other way very quickly in that if if by the end of Sunday, the 8th, you know, against the Blades, you know, if we if we have lost to Arsenal, only got a point at Southampton and then lost against Sheffield United, um, I do think, one, we're probably going to be five, six, seven points adrift by that point. Um, and, and also, I, I just think the confidence is then going to be so low, then you are going to need to start thinking seriously about what you do in January. Do you even risk trying to invest, um, you know, or do you purely just buy for next season and, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, we're by no means out of the woods, but it, it's a much rosier picture. And, and just one win in the Premier League, you know, when you're in the bottom five or six, it, it almost carries more weight and more momentum than than any win in the Championship. Do, do you feel the same, guys, or, or is that? Do you think I'm making too much of it? No, yeah, I think it, it totally feels because I guess you, we know we might only get ten wins this season or whatever you know whatever whatever we think we need ten or eleven. Um, so yeah, each one is massive. Um, yeah, I would be ecstatic with six points out of these next three games. Um, I'm not convinced we get them, but um, I think your point about momentum is interesting because in in the in the championship you do have a lot of games one after the other and sort of when we were on those on those runs where it was just win after win um maybe that will help us this week and that we've you know we're everyone will be buzzing this week after saturday then if we can get a good result against arsenal which is very possible then we'll bounce straight into southampton and if it's just one after the other like that obviously they'll it'll have its effect in terms of you know having to rotate the team a bit or, or potentially getting little injuries that put someone out for the next game but if you can get that get the place sort of buzzing with the atmosphere for for these three games um yeah that could really help i think um but yeah it's... the interesting thing i feel about this this coming week is and it's un, it's not that common in the premier league but you could easily see us winning all three and you could equally easily see us losing all three. Like it could go, it could be a nine point swing based on how the first sort of 15, 20 minutes of the Arsenal game goes. And I think in the Premier League, you don't tend to get that very often because you, you have a game that's Man City away or Man United away and you kind of don't expect anything. But these next three games, you could easily foreseeable, foreseeably see us winning all three. You can make a case for us winning all three but we could just as easily lose all three. And I think that, as a fan, that's quite exciting. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's why yeah, it's, it's a huge run of fixtures because you look at the ones after this, uh, well, we've got Leicester, Leicester away after that, Wolves at home, um, Spurs at home at some point. Those are tricky ones as well. I mean, I, I, the way Leicester are going, I can't see us getting anything at Leicester, however well we play. Um, so it's a massive opportunity, yeah, if we could get some points out of this out of this run it's uh but yeah equally i think you're right that it you know it could all go the other way so uh it's it's a big week i'm looking at the uh looking at the fixtures and uh we play watford mid-april I mean, that could be huge um and yeah so watford west ham brighton <laughs> it's all in a row um in in april um it, it i look at that and i just think if we can keep ourselves in touch 
um, and expecting most teams to stay relatively the same place where they are. Sorry, two, two games before that, we have Everton. So, oh my goodness. So we play Southampton, Everton, then Arsenal, then Brighton, Watford, West Ham. So we're basically playing what is, you know, five or six of the bottom eight. We're going to play in all in a row, March, April time. So we'll just get all our wins we need then. We don't but need to this is the, but this is the And that's a real positive as well, because if yeah. you compare that to last season, uh, the last time we got relegated, where we had those five awful fixtures at the end of the season, yeah. and there was a sense right from the start of the season that we basically had 33 games yeah, in yeah. order to get 40 points. Well, we do is... have Chelsea and City, two of the last three, but 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 the preceding, but usually, well, up, other than other than Fulham, um, uh, Craven Cottage um, Horror Show, we normally know what we're doing by May. Um, when it comes to Premier League, we're not usually yeah. playing meaningful games in May. Um, so and if you're going to play Man City away. <laughs> Then the final day, final well, history game tells us where they might have get Johnny Housen in on loan. Um, yeah, and they might have their eye on a Champions League final. Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't think they will. But yeah, the um, but yeah, the, if you look, yes, yeah, so if you look at that, if, if we can, if we can be there or thereabouts come come March, you know, if we're within three or four points in, in, in March, um, then you know, Southampton, Everton, Brighton, Watford, West Ham. Uh, you know, it all, and then Arsenal, who knows what kind of clown car they're going to be by then. I mean, they'll probably be, still be in the middle of their new manager bounce by that point. But um, yeah, so you've basically got, yeah, those one, two, three, four, five. So five out of six games in a row playing currently a bunch of bottom three, bottom five teams. You, you just have to feel that it's going to be in our hands if we can be in, in, in and around it. But yeah, I think this is crucial to get a couple of wins from the next three. And it's mad to include Arsenal in that. But I just think Sheffield United are going to be so... Uh, I'm, uh, if, if, we don't, if we only get a point out of the next two, I'm going to be dreading that Sheffield United game because they are going to be crowing like mad that they have come up um, and taken to the Premier League. So, I mean, I, I find it... I cannot bear it. Chris Wilder is an awful word that I don't t- I tr- tend to try not to say on this podcast. Um, he's a horrific human. Um, I mean, human is kind, I think, and it, it pains me how well they've taken to the to, to the Premier League. Um, and they, they were probably the one of the three teams that I thought would be the least likely to to kick on, which shows how little you can predict things. Um, and and I, I dread how how unpleasant it's going to be to have to listen to them chirping on about that um but but likewise if if we are on a really good one and we do you know stick a few past them and we can get the win that could be the kind of result that tips the balance and starts to see them topple down because we do often see a a promoted team fly out of the, the the blocks and then from Christmas onwards, drop right off and then only just avoid relegation. Um, I mean, you know, it was Watford, was it last year with Watford? You know, something like one win in their last 10 or 11 um, after getting to 40 points. So it could be a sim- think, similar story for them. I think Villa, uh, right, for potentially doing that as well. Slightly controversial opinion, but I quite like Sheffield United. You're allowed to. Thank you. I just like the fact that they try something different and that they they sort of remind me of us under Lambert in terms of nobody likes them, no one wants to go and play against them. They've come up through the divisions really quickly and they've done it playing their own sort of identity. So I I really want to beat them because I enjoy that little rivalry that we've created with them. But I also quite like them. And if I had to choose a relegated so, uh, promoted side sorry, to go down, it would be Villa rather than them. Yeah, so I, I've uh, my affinity with Villa only goes back to the last game of last season. I mean, Grealish is you know, disgusting, and Mings is horrific, subhuman. Why, but 
Why are Jack Grealish's calves so shiny? Does anyone know the answer to that? He must. I think he must cream and wax them. They, they, they must be buffed in some way. Maybe, you know, the, the shoe sign guys you have, um, you know, maybe he puts his calves in like a shoe shine stirrup and they get they get the old kind of chamois <laughs> lever on them um, before each game. And, and, you know, it's like he's, he's kind of rocking the Steve Claridge socks thing, but without the hardness of, of Steve Claridge. Um, no, he, 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 he's, uh, he, he's an overrated um, piece of work, but... I, you know, Villa, Villa was so respectful on that last day of the season, and they, and we, and it was good back and forth banter from the away end and, and the whole end and all the rest of it for the during the game, and then before the final whistle, when it became clear we, we, we'd done enough to win it, the it was such a it was such a respectful way that they that they kind of received us as champions that I, that that will take even with the five one, you know, that's going to take a while to kind of sub, subside away. So. I, so for me, I would definitely pick pick Villa to stay up over Sheffield United from a from a want point of view. But neither of them look like they're going to go down. I mean, obviously, Villa are a lot closer than Sheffield United at the moment to the bottom three. What about you, Fion? Who do you dislike the most out of them? <laughs> Who do I dislike the most? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I've never had, I never really had anything about Sheff- against Sheffield United before. And then, uh, yeah, all that that weird reaction to that game, um, the the one where. Uh, the one where we won one nil and they got wound up about Angus Gunn and they they still sing a song about that. Uh, not even when they're playing us, just at all their games, they have a song about it. It's really odd. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can't I can't begrudge them this season because you know there has been pretty impressive what they've done. Um, and then I was watching the game on Sunday and and you know for 70 minutes I was really impressed by them and then they just completely fell apart for 10 minutes and so that sort of gives me a bit of hope for that game that. Um, that you know that, that they are gettable at, um, but yeah, if we could beat them um, and and shut their fans up with their song, um, that would be very enjoyable. But I think that I think of those three games, I think that will be the toughest one because um, I think Arsenal won't put up a great deal of resistance and I think we can we can definitely score past Arsenal um, I think that could be quite a high scoring game so do you think th- that do you think actually that's the easiest of the three uh or should Potent- I say the three that you're mo- the most likely yeah. to get points from? Potentially, I would say yeah. Because so. yeah. when you're looking like in the lead up to it, because a lot happens with with what happens just before as to how you feel about it, and obviously we've seen Arsenal struggle. Um, so Sheffield United for the next two games, they've got Wolves away, which is very very tricky, and then they've got um, then they get Newcastle at home, which could be a really nice easy game to tee mm, them up. But Newcastle if, very poor yesterday against. If them. they only if they only manage to draw against them after getting thumped by Wolves, then maybe we, we get them kind of a bit more down on their luck. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sheffield United are in a run of, of fixtures where you know they'll be um, they'll be kind of feeling confident. They, so after the Wolves game, they've got Newcastle, us, Villa. Brighton and Watford, so this, this is similarly a, a very purple patch for them in terms of winnable games. Um, but let's not talk too much about them. I don't want to give them too too much. Um, kind I don't of know. If, let's look at let's look at Southampton. I don't know if it's psychological, but I think the Southampton game is a lot harder than kind of you've alluded to so far. And I'm not sure if that comes from that 2004-2005 season. I think it was where we went there and there in the bottom three and we were just outside the bottom three and if we'd won we'd have <clears throat> really pushed ourselves on towards safety and it was a really topsy-turvy game and I think we ended up losing 4-3 and that game sort of psychologically scarred me in terms of now whenever we have Southampton away I dread it I just think it's one of those places that we're not going to win and I think that was followed up with a FA Cup fifth round game where we went down really meekly 2-0 and then yeah. we went there in the Premier 3-0 League 3-0 last 3-0. Premier League yeah yeah 
So I, there's something about Southampton away that I'm never confident about. So on paper, that's the easiest game. But in my brain, it's not. I think Arsenal is is the more likely win. Yeah, Southampton. I think if if you if you went uh, win draw draw, you know, five points actually. You know, if we if we avoid defeat the next three. That's that's incredible for, for for momentum. Bearing in mind that each time we've got a result so far this season, we've then lost three on a bounce. So you know each time it's happened. Um, so to, so to just follow up, you know, just to to go uh, to avoid defeat two games in a row would be an achievement for us. So um, so that that would be good. Um, you know, a, a draw, a draw, and then and then beating the blades. But they've they've got Watford on Saturday night. Um, so that we probably it's early in the season to be wanting things like this, but we probably want to draw out of that. Um, and then, and then, yeah, that they they've then got our, us and, and Newcastle. So it, it really does seem that all of the all of the kind of winnable teams are, be, are playing against each other, um, kind of running up to Christmas. Then Christmas we get a few more of the big boys. And there's an element this season as well of the the traditional big six are no longer the traditional big six. There's basically a, there's a big three in terms of how the form is playing out. So you don't want to play Leicester, you don't want to play Man City, and you don't want to play Liverpool. Other than that, everyone's taken points off everyone else. So there isn't that sort of separation between the best of the rest and the top six like there formerly was. So I think it will be a lot closer this season. I think, it's a, I think it's previously. a top four. I think you can put Chelsea in. I mean, bear in mind who, who they've just played in City. Um, that, that result aside, they've been winning you know straight games. Up yeah, but I hate won four before that. I hate them, so I can't give them any credit at all. Okay, fine. So Everything about bit, that club. So, Okay, fine. So there's a, there's a big three plus the one that Lorne can't name, and and then and then you're then talking. I mean, there's a seven point gap to fifth already. Um, so so I do I do think you are talking a, a big four, and then it's you you would think either Arsenal or Man United might get it together. Um, uh, sorry, sorry. So you've got Arsenal, Man United, Tottenham all together, like propping up the bottom of the the, the top the top half of the table. And Wolves, I mean, you probably put Wolves into that man. This this the, the league table at the moment got it in front of me. It looks like kind of the the first night of match of the day of the season, like in August, week where where some of the big teams have played each other. So it, it's like oh look, Wolves are there and Sheffield United there, Burnley there, or it looks like something like a table from you know like nineteen twelve or something. <laughs> it's like with all the team, all the teams are in the wrong place in the middle. Um, but it's uh, you know fair you know fair play to fair play to Wolves, Sheffield United, and Burnley for, for being above them. But you would think one or at least two. One or two of Arsenal, Man United, and Tottenham are going to get their act together and and kick on a, a bit. Um, but but as always, you, you, you know we're we're on ten points. We're five points off twelfth. Currently, you'd think anyone from Brighton, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, Villa, and Everton, West Ham, all of them should be in our sights as as people who they're only two or three losses in a row away from feeling like they're really in it. Yeah, absolutely. And just because I'm. Uh, it's just sort of dawned on me, but this is a European week, isn't it? So are Arsenal in Europa League action on Thursday? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's why it moved to Sunday. <clears throat> Whereabouts are, are they at home or away? Home to Eintracht Frankfurt, I think. So that's quite a tough That's quite a tough game. So that goes in our favour a little bit as well, making... Yeah, and I think Arsenal fans are sort of talking about, you know, boycotting it. So, you know, if they get a, a bad result there, you know, the pressure on Emery will just increase. So, yeah, I think it's... Uh, it's unlikely that they'll get any kind of win that will boost morale enough to make a huge difference on Sunday because you just feel like a lot of their fans are just so far gone now that that nothing is going to be good enough. So, yeah, I think 
you know, if 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 Eintracht Frankfurt can can get something at Arsenal on Thursday, then that plays into our hands even more. And obviously, Arsenal then have another. Yeah, they've got another fixture in between. So, you know, the potential. You know, they obviously they've got a, a pretty good squad that can uh, that can cope with it. But you know, I think that that, that will help us on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. They've, they've um, lost five of the last six, Eintracht. Um, good. <laughs> But uh, so I'm not sure if they're going to give them a, a long time. Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, they've lost five of the last six. But of, so they've lost against Mitchin Gladbach. They've lost against St. Pauli. Oh no, they beat St. Pauli. Sorry. Um, th- um, they uh, they've lost against Stands of the Age. They lost against Freiburg. They lost against Wolfsburg at the weekend. Um, but they also beat Bayern five one in that run of games. <laughs> it's just like what? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Uh, so, and Gladbach yeah. and Freiburg are both flying in the Bundesliga this season. I think Munch and Gladbach are top and Freiburg Freiburg are fourth or fifth. So they're yeah, not know, they're not easy and, games that they've lost. I know, but Bayern and five one just it just seems quite an emphatic <laughs> win. Like when when you you've lost a bunch of your last like four of your last six and anyway, cool. Well let's let's hope that Arsenal do come with their, their towers between their legs. Um, so before we before we kind of wrap up and move on to the quiz, is there any final thoughts that uh, we want to put into people's minds before we, we look ahead to, to the Arsenal game? Well I think just what Fionn said earlier about how the Everton game went, like that no one expected anything out of the Everton game. People travelled in, well, not really in hope, let alone expectation. People travelled in sort of duty in a sense of let's just go and enjoy it. So that would be how I'd uh, recommend everyone go to every game this season with that sort of upbeat, let's just go and support them. What will happen will happen. Let's go and enjoy it. Let's be positive. And as you said, Carrow Road can be an actual absolute fortress when the crowd make it so. And Arsenal are traditionally a team that do not enjoy playing in any sort of hostile atmosphere or anything like that. So they're as vulnerable as they can be. We can make it as hostile as we can make it. And we've got a really good chance. On Sunday. They're also devoid of leadership at the moment, which is what a lot of their um, grief is, isn't it? You know, that they, they don't like their captain and that they haven't got any leaders that they, they've been struggling to replace the leaders since the invincible team got broken up. And, and now they're at their lowest ebb in terms of who are we looking to as a talisman? It's yeah, like a team. Oh, sorry. Go on. Phil. Well, I was just going to say, I saw the the highlights of the Southampton game on Saturday and Arsenal's defending was just so poor. Uh, how Southampton didn't score three or four and Southampton, you know, are not a great team. Um, so, you know, the Arsenal were just letting them run straight through wide open. Um, you know, it's, if, you know, if we can, if we can send Pookie through, uh, I, I think well, there is, there are goals on in that game on Sunday if we can find them. Pookie's getting back on the score sheet next two, three games. I think, I think there's at least two goals in the next three games for Pookie. He's been kept quiet too long. That's my prediction. <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, right, let's do let's do match predictions. It's not as brave as uh, Watford in the Champions League, but it's a good prediction nonetheless. It's less stupid. So let's go for um, <laughs> let's go for predictions on Sunday. Fion, what is the score going to be, please, and the scorers for Norwich? Oh, okay. Uh, well, I said high scoring, so I'll say three two Norwich. Oh, I love it. Uh, and scorers for Norwich. Oof. Hernandez, I think could okay. uh, could get involved. <clears throat> Pookie, because you know. He needs to, and uh, let's say Ben Godfrey, Thunder Bastard. Oh, I'd love a, I'd love a Godfrey Thunder Bastard, Lorne. Uh, I've just finished the Long Come Noise preview actually, and I tried to get the Arsenal fan who I did it with to agree that 
he wanted Emery out, basically. So I tried to get him agree that we'd shake hands on a Norwich win that would hasten the departure of Emery, which would be better for their long-term future and good for us. Um, and I went with a 4-3 Norwich win because he also felt that there was going to be goals galore. Um, and, um, yeah, we're just due a cracker, aren't we? Uh, I think Norwich 4, Arsenal 2. Um, this is a lot of ridiculously bold predictions, given we're second bottom and we're playing Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. Sometimes you can feel it. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. I am, I'm still only two results wrong all season. Um, I, so far, I've, I've, my, my feelings haven't been haven't, haven't been bad. Um, bearing in mind that one of the ones I got wrong was was Everton. I I, I thought that we would lose that. Um, so yeah, I, I am I am I'm delighted with that, and I I really do feel that. The first twenty minutes are key. If we if we can get if we can get through the first ten fifteen minutes without you know doing a Watford you know, and, and throwing one in, then I just think that the, the momentum, the fan noise, will be great. I I agree. There's going to be goals galore, um, and I'm going to tip Zimbo to get one. I'm going to tip, tip Zimbo to get one. But but with with his left foot, some something's going to happen. There's not going to be a thundering header. It's going to be some. Maybe it will be a thunder bastard from Godfrey off the bar that he then taps in. Um, but yes, Zimmerman the... is likely to be in a sort of poaching position if thun- if Godfrey is thunderbasting them from distance. Well, no, because it... find one centre half on the six yard box and one. Well, Toddy says we need a plan B. Maybe that's the plan B. Zimmerman <laughs> rushing forward and playing just off his shoulder. <laughs> We haven't now, talked about the fact that uh, punters in Mauritius having oh, a lovely time. Uh, punters in Mauritius having a lovely time. Um, long may he stay there if it means that Norwich keep winning. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and that is why it's, tri- it's tri- uh, currently tricky to buy and receive along come Norwich merch, but it will be Although available. He, did, he was fully responsible for getting that uh, Scrabeni icon mug out. That boy does not miss a trick even when he's thousands of miles away. Very, very burnt, probably covered in after sun, wishing he was had a better tolerance for skin damage. Right, long come Norwich quiz time. Fionn versus Lorne, who will be victorious? Um, at least punt won't win this week, eh, Lorne? Um, yeah. Fionn, you're going to be timed by Lorne, and your yeah. time, Fionn, starts now. Name one of the last six clubs who were the most recent to play league football for the first time. Uh, uh, Salford City. Correct. Which Norwich player has made eight league sub appearances and scored one goal this season? Joseph Dermich. Who did Brazil's Flamengo beat to win the Copa Libertadores final? River Plate. Correct. Name one of the players to make their England debut in 2019. Oh, uh, Declan Rice. Correct. Who was the first Norwich defender this season to be booked? Uh, uh, Grant Hanley. Correct. Other than the Schmeichels, name a Danish player who has made 150 or more Premier League appearances. Um... Christian Eriksen. Correct. Uh, you've got five out of six. Who was the first Norris defender this season to be booked? You got that one, didn't you? I got that one. Got on me. Yeah, it was right. It wasn't the, he wasn't the first. Oh, um, he did say correct. Uh, Zimmerman. 
I meant to say, I said, uh, who's the first Norwich defender? Keep going. Guess, Zimmerman, guess, uh, no. Lewis, Aaron's. Yes, Aaron's. Yeah. No. Was that in time? Yeah. No. Oh. Uh, just right. a, a I feel ass. bad for her because you did say correct when she said no, I, said I said incorrect. I must have just not pronounced it in correctly. It was in the Newcastle game. I was surprised that no one got, apparently no one got booked in the, um, no one got booked in the Liverpool game. Um, sorry for us. Oh no, sorry. No, two, two midfield. Sorry, midfielders got booked in the Liverpool game, uh, so that's why I went with first defender. Um, cool. So you got five out of six, Lorne. You got no chance of getting close to that. Um, Can I have those questions? Uh, no, uh, Lorne. <laughs> um, your time. I trust you to time yourself. Yeah. Starts now. Who was the last QPR player to win an England cap in 1994? Oh, Les Ferdinand. In which game did Pookie get his first booking of the season? Uh, Newcastle? Incorrect. Name a Frenchman to have three or more Premier League goals or assists this season. Uh, Marshall. Correct. Uh, where was the venue for the first ever FA Cup final? Um, the Oval. Correct. Which Norwich player has made ten league starts, two sub-appearances and scored one goal? Uh, ten league starts, two subs. Goal. Um... Oh. Pass. Uh, what did Giorgio, Clearlini, Otman, Bakal and Branislav Ivanovic all have in common? Uh, being defenders. <laughs> um, okay, I'm not, it's not the answer I've got on my card. Which game did Pookie get his first book in the season? Um, Villa. Correct. Uh, where was the, uh, which Norwich player has made 10 league starts, two sub-appearances and scored one goal? Who scored goals? Uh... Oh, I'm stumped here. If you get this, you've tied. Sorry? If you get this, you've tied. Oh, time, time. Oh. <laughs> Kenny McLean. Kenny McLean. Ooh. What's uh, his yeah. goal, D? Man City, D. Man City, yeah. 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 Um, so, Kilini, Bacal, and Ivanovic were all bitten by Luis Suarez. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so, for, to be fair... I'm going to give you an honourable five so we can move on to the tie break, but there's no doubt that Fionn was the winner d- 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 tonight. Um, yeah, absolutely. So can you, for future pods, can you say right or wrong? Because your pronunciation of incorrect is difficult to hear. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Um, we are. This is a remote pod, but this isn't an in-person pod. Um, we in-person pods should start again after Santa's been around. So hopefully all quality will be better with enunciations. But I will try and say right or wrong, but I probably won't. Um, so tie break. Fionn, you can go first. I want an exact number, please. Okay. Uh, how many teams have won the English top league, top flight, three times in a row? Uh, uh, how many? Uh... Just want the number. Don't give them two teams away because that might give little Lorna, Lorna an opportunity. I'll say three. Okay. I need an exact number from you. I can't have higher or lower, Lorna. Well, I was going to say four, but it feels like cheat, so I'll say five. Okay. The answer's four, so that doesn't help. It's <laughs> <laughs> great nature. Um, okay, so instead, we'll go Fionn first. Name a team. Sudden death. Name, a Name team. one of the teams. Name one of the four. We'll do sudden death. First person to get one wrong. Huddersfield. Correct. Um, Sorry, Man United. Right. Man United. Right. Liverpool. Right. Preston? Wrong. Ah, oh, Black... No, not Blackburn. So, Fionn is a winner twice. Yep. For, for it would be the once. 1890s-ish, wouldn't it? Uh, it would be um, Arsenal. 
Oh, yes, I thought he's... <clears throat> so, thank you so much for your time, Fionn. Thank you so much for your time, Rawney. I've really enjoyed talking about Norwich City Football Club with you. Let's hope that we do have something incredible happen in the next week. We'll be back talking to you after those three fixtures about how wonderfully we have done. Fingers crossed, hopefully. Bye and there you go.